The blast from our past network. Hot right? Hot right? Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back because we love this stuff and we know you love us and you love Seinfeld and that's why you're here and that's why we're here and we're just, we're giving it to you every time. I'm Adam. <laughs> I'm Corey. <laughs> we're giving it to you guys. <laughs> uh, not, not, not like that, you sick-minded freak. <laughs> we're giving them a podcast. We're giving them a podcast all about Seinfeld and this episode, we are talking Season 3, Episode 13, entitled The Subway, which aired on January 8th, 1992. Our first dive into 1992. Corey, my man, could you give us the synopsis? Yes, sir. The Subway. A subway ride leads to four very bizarre experiences for the gang. Train delays cause Elaine to miss a lesbian wedding. Jerry befriends an overweight exhibitionist. George meets a woman on the train and skips a job interview. Kramer overhears a hot tip on a horse. <laughs> they gave everybody's little storyline. Well, that's what, let's let's get into it, and uh, we'll go a little bit more in depth than just that. Um, but per usual, we get a little stand-up bit this time about bumper cars. Yeah, which ties into the episode, or at least specifically what Jerry mm-hmm. wants to do. Um, he talks about when he was a kid, his favorite ride was the bumper cars. And but of course, now he starts to elaborate on the fact that there's always that one kid that just has a real hard time at it. And you know, there's one that gets stuck in a pack of empty cars, and then the attendant has to kind of jump on and kind of you know help him steer and everything. And uh, then you got the other, the, the the hopeless father and son team who are just keep spinning around in circle one's putting on the gas the other one's moving and they just keep spinning in circles and are never organized i liked it that was fun uh, and, and it yep. needed some of the visual stuff jerry does some funny little visuals with it uh and whatnot um it went to the point where the the light guy doesn't follow jerry when he leans down to to, mm. to mime the grabbing of the bumper car but yeah it was fun mm-hmm. it was neat i liked it enjoyed yeah, it, it fine yeah. Fine. Uh, all right. At Monk's, uh, we start off with Kramer giving everybody directions on the subway of how to get to Coney Island. Uh, I find it quite humorous because he's talking about all this transfer to here and then you transfer there and transfer there. And Elaine's just like, can you just take the D line straight to the to Coney Island? He's like, well, yeah, you could. I mean, it's just very kramer-esque thing to do yeah because uh, he's ridiculous um but we get a just just a little bit thing about what everybody's got going on george apparently has an interview coming up and jerry he mentions uh, about george not whistling on an elevator uh, apparently this is something that somebody i can't even remember the character said to biff, biff. loman in yeah. the in this death of a salesman um play which this is the first time, and it's going to be multiple, multiple episodes to come. Um, I'm going to bet almost through the rest of the season, maybe even to season four. I'm not sure when they stop doing it, where Jerry compares George to Biff Loman. Have you ever... It's a book or no, a play? No, the answer is no. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure... I, I thought it was a play, uh, but maybe it's a book. See, that's how much I don't give a shit about Death of a Salesman. <laughs> 
I'm a hundred percent with you. I mean, you know, even the name Biff Loman, I don't really know. I didn't even know it. Yeah. They, they would have had to. Have, I mean, they did say it. Uh, if they hadn't okay. said "Death of a Salesman," I would not have known what Biff Loman was. So yeah, dude, I'm well, totally with you. I don't know shit about it. I was correct. It is a stage play. It's a okay. 1949 stage play written by Arthur Miller. So you should know Arthur Miller because yeah. sounds he familiar. Did, uh, yeah, cats. St- uh, cats. He, he, what? Did, yeah. He did, yeah, cats. Was that it? Sure, he did some other stuff. He did some. I mean, he's a, he's a name I remember. Uh, and apparently, it won uh, the Pulitzer Prize for drama and it won a Tony Award for best play. So I mean, it wasn't a small deal. It was a big enough deal. We're just not. We're just so uncultured that we yeah. <laughs> never saw it. No, I don't think the it. problem lies with Death of a Salesman. I think the problem yeah. lies with Adam and Corey. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, I mean, but you and I are the typical you know, watcher of Seinfeld, um, at least, you know, at least of nowadays, maybe not in the early 90s, maybe the adults know it a little bit better. You know, I guess if we asked our parents who this this was probably a li- that joke was meant for, they might get it, right. but certainly not us. No, no, not <laughs> so. us. But I want, I wanted to make sure to call it out because Jerry is going to call George Biff for many episodes, and I'll try and just track it every single time. Um, but yeah, he does it for at least like a a half a season or a full season. So yeah. um, we also find out that Elaine is going to a lesbian wedding and we get just a, a classic line from George here uh, when he's talking about lesbians. And he says, you know, when, you know, when he sees a, a lesbian, he just can't help but think that they're thinking that's why I'm not a heterosexual <laughs> just because he's <laughs> George and he's that awful of a person. He's that hideous and whatnot. Uh, and he's so insecure, but it is, it's a funny line. It's very George. And yes, I, I think that's a clip worthy moment too. I feel like I've heard that one, uh, somewhere mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Yeah. Probably Seinfeld. Yeah. Probably. When you watch this many, many times. Before. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably it. I mean, we've seen it so many damn times. You just remember it. Uh, anyway, Re- referencing itself now in my head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on the subway, uh, we also find out that Kramer has to go to court to deal with a bunch of tickets that he's got. Uh, we see this homeless dude who's playing violin, and some of them give him you know change. Even George, I think, gives him change, uh, which is kind of strange. I wouldn't think he typically does. Um, but just kind of calling it out now, he does call him out saying that, oh, that guy's not blind. Uh, so he is kind of still somewhat George yeah. uh, a little yeah. bit towards him. But uh, And Jerry is on his way to Coney Island, so he can get his stolen car back. Yes, dude. The stolen car from two episodes ago. I know you want to talk about it. Dude, I, <laughs> I, I, I've seen this episode a gazillion times, but like we said, it's always out of order. And I didn't mm-hmm. even put it together until like just watching it. And this is this is why I love doing this shit. Because I was like, holy crap. This is his stolen car from two ep- from the alternate yeah. side two episodes ago. I was like, oh, my God. Like I and we were so excited about, you know, Kramer's jacket making a, a through line through the beginning of the season. And, and mm-hmm. how kind of like we thought that was kind of rare and everything. And now we're seeing Jerry's car getting sort of like a, a, a an arc or whatever. And yeah. now I'm curious to see if if more things sort of happen in order, if you if you watch it in order. Yeah, I mean, which these moments I'm loving seeing that because you don't notice this when you're just watching in syndication. Um, I did call out, if you remember from last episode, I had this big old, or this little rant about South Park and how I feel like I don't like when they do through lines that they're, try, that they're trying to do. Actually, it's not that I don't like 
through lines. I don't like how South Park does them. I feel like they are forced. Here in Seinfeld, this is how you do it. Just make it subtle. Make it something that's really not all that important to the story. I mean, it's important to the story because it's, it's, you know, propelling it to start, but that's not why this episode's funny at all. You know, and it's just a little, it's gems that you're getting gems from it as opposed to it being like you're getting forced into it. And it works as a standalone, you know, like you don't need to know that it, that it happened a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. You just assume that, okay, it happened off camera if you're watching this yeah. out of order. And I can't, yes. you know, speak to sign, uh, I can't speak to South Park, but I think that's, like you said, that's what makes it good is because these through lines are so mundane. These through lines are yeah. just so small, but they go a long way in creating some very fun connective tissue. Yep. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, if anybody forgot, it's that, uh, Whoever whoever stole the cars, the dude that Jerry had a conversation with on the car phone. <laughs> yeah. It was a funny episode. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And we find out George actually is actually on his way to a second job interview. So he's already gotten past the first round. You know, he has legit potential at whatever this place is. So it's like, okay, you, you do not want to miss this one, buddy. All right. At the big transfer station, everybody goes their own separate ways because they're all having to transfer to other subway lines. And we see we get a lot of just intercutting here from here on out i'm just going to be kind of i don't know i'm going to be kind of jumping back and forth and back and forth cuz that's how they do this editing this is some of like the fastest scene editing and like the most amount of scenes uh, maybe in any Seinfeld episode because they're just like here's like one little sentence said by somebody and then jump to the next train or whoever see it. so we're going to be following all four of our main characters on all four of their other trains Uh, And we don't come back with them all being back together until the very, very last scene. Yeah. So it's just kind of, it's kind of interesting. So just try and stay with me. Um, But (laughs) I'm I'm with you, buddy. I had a hard time track. I mean, I didn't have a hard time tracking it, but like my notes, like I've said, I think I said it before, like my notes, I'll, I'll draw like a line in between each scene so I can Mm -hmm. easily just kind of look through it. This one's got so many lines and then I just sort of gave up. But yeah, the, these one, these episodes where they jump back and forth are are not the easiest to track. I got to say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it doesn't make them a bad episode. No, it just no, makes yeah. them tougher to to notate about. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to just doing like an overall general discussion. Where, right. Where going scene by scene makes it tougher. And to add to your caveat, what I tracked in this is all the insane special guests or, or characters uh, <laughs> that, yeah. you know, so I'll try to I'll try to say where I know them cool. from each time. But like, dude, almost everyone in this episode is like some weird character actor. Not I don't want to say weird, but like, you know, like like you, that you've seen before. Yes. Uh, all right, on Jerry's subway, we see this guy just very quickly, um, you know, it's just setting something up. We see that George sits near this attractive lady on his, and Kramer, we see on his, you get great Kramer physical humor. Yeah. Um, where he's having to, having to rush around and grab a seat, and he has to get, get stuck next to the fat guy. Haha, <laughs> fat guy joke. But yeah, you know what? I don't care. I still find fat guy, guy jokes humorous because... They are funny, and I'm fat, and so I can do it. <laughs> First off, I love how he did his physical comedy of, like, sort of bouncing mm-hmm. off the crowd and everything. And I, I was almost, like, thinking, like, how they had to actually orchestrate the the extras when the ones on the right should go, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of to screw yeah. them and whatnot. And then to, to top it off, I just love the the fat guy just the way he just sort of faces straight ahead <laughs> with the blank look on his face. I just I kind of get a giggle out of him. I think he's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he gives zero fucks. He's not moving. No, you know, he could inch over. There's some room. He had actually more room on the other side, but Kramer goes for the tight side, which is even funnier, uh, which is, it, it is good. But uh, all right. So 
We also see little bits that Jerry is kind of falling asleep or he's at least very tired on his train um, with George. George is kind of flirting with this lady or this lady is like flirting with him. Uh, it's like, whoa, this is this is something new. Uh, he's trying to impress her, you know, not by looking at the uh, the help wanted ads. Um, he's actually looking at the stock page is kind of how he tries to play it off. I do appreciate, you know, I mean, he's being very George, very stupid guy. Uh, but at the same time, I like there's a great line at the end of it. His little scene here ends with, um, you know, oh, he's trying to be kind of macho and, you know, with his stock stuff. He's like, I've always gone my own way and I never look back. There's a honk and he immediately just looks back. Yep. And it's just <laughs> it's just a funny ass line. Funny ass bit of writing right there. Yep. Yep. I, I track that one. I he just like immediately looks back. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, on Elaine's train, she's talking to this uh, weird lady who she she doesn't one she doesn't know what the hell the the word ironic means, yeah. Yeah. and that's kind of strange. Uh, I don't know what the hell to do with that. Honestly, it's just kind of it's a funny little almost bait and switchy joke where she's like, "Oh, that's ironic," uh, and then you know Elaine is like, "Ha ha, yeah, it is," and then she's like, "No, no, I don't know what the fuck you mean by that." Yeah, so, yeah. which is that's ironic. It's ironic that that whole thing. <laughs> Um, and for her, for her, hmm. I know her uh, from Ghostbusters. Hmm. She was the realtor that sold them oh. the the firehouse. Yeah. Okay. I didn't pick up on that. I didn't actually check where that lady was from. Uh, but yeah, when you say that, definitely recognize it in my head now. Because so. I can, I can yeah, still. I, it does not surprise me that you picked up on a Ghostbusters uh, cameo immediately. Yeah, because I can still picture in my head her face when, you know, Ray slides down the pole and he's like, we got to stay here tonight. Yeah. And then, you know, she just looks and kind of smiles because, you know, she knows she got him. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's where I knew her from. And of course, she's been in a you look at her IMDb. She's been in a gazillion things. Stuff. And she always as yep. a kid, probably because of Ghostbusters and probably because of this episode, she always I always picture she's like New York to me, like in my head, like mm-hmm. she, that she's like the New York, the quintessential New York woman. Uh I don't yeah. know how else to say it, but yeah, that's she seems to always get cast as like a New Yorker. Uh, one one thing that she isn't is she's not very open to other people's relationship habits, uh, and she doesn't seem to be very open to a lesbian wedding, and uh, she kind of like you know I guess is unsettled by it, and so she leaves. But we get a great line from Elaine as she's walking away. Uh, you know, well she says something like, you know. Uh, go figure, uh, you know, I meet one person and it's the lesbian, you know, the best man at a lesbian wedding. And Elaine's like, I'm not a lesbian. I hate men, but I'm not a lesbian, yeah. which is a great, great line from a lesbian or not from a lesbian, <laughs> from, from Elaine. <laughs> She's not. She had, she does hate men, uh, which is great, which is all part of her. Just it just it's. It's a fantastic line, and I think it just speaks volumes about Elaine. Yes, and I I feel like we've heard her say something bef- this season, like something about hating men uh, before. Yeah, I can't remember exactly where it was, but it does. It is something that sort of comes up occasionally. She'll say stuff like that. I hate yeah. men, or yeah. but you know, I'm, but I'm not a lesbian, you know, kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 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 very Elaine, and yeah, I love it. I I do I do love that. Mm-hmm. So with Jerry, we see that he actually does fall asleep on his train. And then back on Elaine's train, the train stops. And she's just standing with a whole bunch of people. And she's, you know, okay. Uh, So that one stopped. Uh, Back with George, he is enticed enough by this attractive lady that she kind of like, you know, coaxes him off the train. She doesn't really, but she knows what she's doing. She's very, you know, um, you know, smart at what she does. And George 
gets up, says, oh, screw it. I can get another interview, which is so idiotic. Yeah. That, what a fucking idiot. I mean, he deserves every, almost every little bit of bad thing that happens to George. He deserves it. And it's a, because of his fault. And, you know, it, it is funny. I mean, but like forgoing this interview, a potential job for sex is just a dumb call. I mean, he just he just had sex last episode, man. And now he's going for it again. <laughs> like, he should be fine. <laughs> Dude, I mean, he knows what he wants. And she's like a foot taller than him, too. So, yeah. which, which I think, uh, don't doesn't that come up in a later season that he likes taller women? Oh, he, yeah, maybe. Well, maybe I'm I, just thinking of something else. Am I thinking about something like an else? Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that know. George? He, has to, he, he wants I, to climb her? I, I don't remember. It might be. I just can't remember. I, I know there's so I, much, I'm, I'm there's so much pop culture in these two heads, man. You yeah. kind of you're not sure where it comes from some of the time. I'm like, I'm like, are we talking about Futurama? Or are we talking about yeah, Seinfeld right be. now? <laughs> I mean that that Futurama episode yeah. of the, the Amazonian woman is a fantastic episode. Yeah. I love when it's like the de- when they say death by snoo snoo, <laughs> and you see all the guys like smiling, yeah. frowning, frowning, smiling. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh god, they don't know how to act. They're gonna die, but. Die by sex? Okay. <laughs> yep. That is that is one of my favorite Futurama episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, with Kramer on his train, he is now on a seat, and he hears about this guy from behind him. And again, another classic moment, a classic kind of line here where this guy is talking about this horse, and he's trying to keep it quiet-esque, uh, even though he's talking quite loud for somebody's, you know, about this, this tip that he's got on a horse. And, you know, this, this horse, is, his fodder was a mutter. And then we get the, the even the best line, his mutter was a mutter. His like, mutter was just, a mutter? His, <laughs> his mutter was a mutter. What'd I say? That's the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what'd I say? His mutter was a mutter. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're going to get that kind of repeated later, but it's just... I don't know. I feel like it's a anytime you see a Seinfeld fan talking about a horse, they are going to mention this line. <laughs> Every time I've got, I haven't gone to many horse races, um, but when I've ever watched them or even like, you know, the Kentucky Derby, I think this line in my head. <laughs> His mutter was a mutter. I mean, it's so much yeah. fun to say. It's it's uh, it I think it was it was either American Dad or uh, Family Guy where they had this one bit where they kept saying maybe baby and yeah. I don't even remember what the maybe baby was, but now I say it constantly. And this was, I heard it years ago. And my <laughs> wife's like, what are you saying? I'm like, maybe baby. And just some things mm-hmm. like maybe baby. And like his mother was a mother. It's just, it's fun to say. And you just can't it stop is. saying it's like an earworm. It gets in your head. Yeah, very true. All right. So on Jerry's train, he wakes up and now the guy sitting across from him is nude and every i like how everyone else on the train is way the fuck back and like pressed up just get away from this guy as much as possible yeah and you have no idea how this hat came to be because he was fully clothed in a suit or like you know not long before this and now he's just nude with his briefcase covering his junk yeah and and i love jerry's reaction he he doesn't run away he kind of takes it in stride and honestly this one's my favorite story in this episode mm-hmm. i like the I, I like jerry and his uh where it goes um but that's uh that's the voice of pumbaa from lion king oh okay yeah uh, of the the of the original yeah the heavy guy yeah okay uh i recognized him most i mean yeah that's he, the voice that was yeah he's a he well i mean huh. he's a big time character actor i've seen you've seen him in gazillion yes, yeah. sitcoms but that was i was what i, I was shocked that yeah. he was the voice of pumbaa oh okay 
Uh, I remember him most as Mr. Carosi from Saved by the Bell. Mm. So there was a little story arc where they all went, like the whole Saved by the Bell gang went to like a beach resort and worked there for a summer. Mm. Um, yes. And it was like, and, and he was the boss and Zach was dating his daughter. Uh, I think it was Stacy Carosi. Um, but that, that was a whole, who was played by Leah Remini. Uh, but oh. that was a whole storyline. On that's where I reckon I see him, and I immediately think Saved by the Bell. Yeah, me. I mean, yeah, I, I swear to God, I've seen him like on an episode of Cheers, on an episode of Night Court. Like he's yeah. like every, he's been everywhere. Um, but yeah, yeah, I always I always liked him. Like every time you know, like every time he comes up, I'm like, oh yeah, I like that guy, that dude. He's always fun. Yeah, yeah, he is. I agree. What I also really like about this scene is you know him and as you put it, Jerry just kind of like. He's like, okay. And he just starts chatting with the guy, Uh, you know, just very nonchalantly. He accepts this dude's nakedness. You know, he thinks it's weird, but he he doesn't like jump up and run away like everybody else has. Yeah. Uh, We do get a great line where uh, the nudist says, I'm not ashamed of my body. And Jerry's like, that's the problem. You're not ashamed of your body. You should be. (laughs) (laughs) It it is fantastic because he's not a, you know, a fit dude. If you will. Yeah, no, no, he is. He is not at all. No. On Elaine's train, uh, she's dealing with the stop train. She's dealing. You get her inner monologue, uh, which we probably hadn't seen in a little while or gotten from in a little while. And I guess, that you know, they're doing more. They do enough inner monologues. that I, I thought they didn't. I remember when we called it out in season one and I'm like, that's not really a thing. Why are they doing it? And then honestly, it's happened each season a couple times maybe and it's like okay maybe there's more inner monologue in Seinfeld than I remember I came to the same conclusion you did right here now and then I was like you know what maybe we just you know we're, we're taken aback by the bad ones because the good ones like yeah. this one yes. they work so flawlessly that you don't like you don't think in your head oh this is this is an inner monologue scene it just works and mm-hmm. and I love it I, I love yeah. hearing her inner monologue here as opposed to when we heard Jerry's inner monologue at the uh, um, you know when George got the dinner yeah yeah or, or which one it was the with um shoot. Oh we, yes, yeah, with Stephen Tobolowsky. Yeah, Stephen Tobolowsky. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was a terrible one. Yes, it was. But yeah, it works perfectly here. Uh, you know, she's increasingly freaking herself out about the smelly guy, about the train, about not getting to the lesbian wedding. Um, and honestly, it's also very relatable because we all, all of us, have been on like a stopped train or a stopped elevator or whatever, and we're all just like, "What the fuck's going on? Uh, what's gonna?" And you just keep. It keeps building, and it's going to keep building here some more, but it's just, it is it is a very good use of inner monologue. Uh, George goes to this hotel room with this lady, and she is very forward. You know, she wants him to get comfortable, so I do like his, he has a little inner monologue as well uh, about him getting in, getting comfortable. I actually think it works pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah that, um, this, one, you know. this one works well, too. Yep. And, all right, so he's... He's comfortable, and hey, with his Kramer shoes off, on. he's like you can't. With his shoes off. I, he should at least take the <laughs> jacket can't say off. I you know? I'm not comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and now, sorry, oh. and to call back to the previous episode when you were talking about uh, Estelle, how George is talking about his mom. This is mm-hmm. when George starts talking the, okay. about his mom. Yeah, which is awkward. Is this where he talks about how, how ugly she was, like how she was like the ugliest lady in town or yeah. something like that? And in he, what he was comparing her to, I think it was like a yeah. movie called, I don't think it was called Estelle because that's her name. Alice. A- or, or, no. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Alice. Yeah. But it was they, a movie. They have an Alice reference some other time. That's what's in, why it's in my head. 
But I didn't get the reference that he was that George was making that you know, all the kids in the block were calling her or whatever. It would, must have been a movie that I have never seen before. Um, but yeah, yeah I <laughs> he's yeah. This is when he's talking about all that bullshit. Yeah. Uh, all right. At Kramer's train, uh, or no, he's not on the train anymore. He he went to the track uh, as opposed to going to court. He went to the track and he bet on this horse, and you know. Uh, that's all. That's all we get for now. Well, well, wait <laughs> then, a minute. Did did you recognize hmm. the guy he was talking to in line? Oh no, I did not. Yeah, that is Mark Boone Jr., who you've seen in Sons of Anarchy, and you've seen him in Batman Begins. Swear to me, he's the guy that Batman's hanging. You know, the cop, the corrupt cop. Jesus Christ, oh. the corrupt cop in uh, Batman Begins. Oh, that guy. That guy. Okay. I- I'm looking it up right now, and I, I've seen him most from Sons of Anarchy, but he looks so different on Sons of Anarchy than he did in Seinfeld. Well, because he's got a beard now. That now he's like known. He's for got a like beard and he's a thicker hair. dude now yeah. too. Yeah, and he's kind of like a big guy. But this this was. Yeah. I mean, he's young as hell. He looked like he was in his twenties or or at least uh, early thirties yeah. in this. Wow, I would not have noticed that. Good call. <laughs> huh. I, I love it. I got an even. I got an even better one coming too. So. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So, yeah, he places a bet on that horse. Um, Jerry and the nudist start talking about baseball. I don't know. Just kind of fun. I like I like them. They're having yeah. now. They're just having a fun, casual conversation. Yeah. And this is this is uh, what I like. And this is what I love about mm-hmm. Jerry. I love Jerry. He doesn't get stressed out about shit, man. He just goes with yeah. the flow. He's you know later on he'll be addressing the even Steven thing, and I just yeah. lo- always say it. I love his laissez-faire attitude. I love how he just mm-hmm. goes with the flow. And bada bing, bada boom, you open yourself up, and now he's meeting this uh, who everyone thought was crazy, this naked guy, but yeah. is clearly they're forming a little bit of a bond. And yeah. because yeah. Jerry, talk to the guy. Just like I don't know, man. Like a show. This show is always about our characters being terrible people, but this is one of the few times where it shows that, like, you know what? Sometimes just talk talking to a person will mm-hmm. will just open everything up. Granted, maybe it's because Jerry's stuck in a closed space and he sort of is forced to talk yeah. to the guy, but still, it's an it's a nice thing that Jerry did, I think. Yeah, uh, and knowing that Jerry is a Mets fan, they I'm assuming that they're talking about the Mets here, um, even though I almost always just. Probably when I was when I was younger, even not whenever, even now, like I still like, oh, they must be talking about the Yankees. Oh wait, no, and then I have to activate. No, 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 he's a Mets fan. That's why he loves their chances, and that's why you know they they he cares so much about them, or that's why he enjoys talking about them. So, uh, all right, and then we cut to Elaine's train, and she's freaking out even more. Things are still she's still just stuck on the damn train. Um, you know, it stopped, and then it starts. Oh, it's all set, and then it stops again, and then we just get her just letting expletives fly. It was just her, her just. Uh, the growth of her insanity or just her frustration in, in that inner monologue is so well done. Yeah. Yeah. Everything about it. I, at first I wasn't loving like, like her scenes and whatnot, but the, what it builds up to <laughs> the crescendo of expletives and everything. Mm-hmm. That's what I found enjoyable. And at the same time, she says, why didn't I spend just $6 on a, on a cab? Yeah. Why didn't you? Yeah. you, you know, you gotta be, you know, to a wedding and you're the best yeah. man with the ring. You don't take a goddamn subway. Like, Correct. first off, <laughs> I don't live in New York and even I know that subways can get shut down 
around. There's people on there who could like pick your pocket. And this was like 90, early 90s New York. So it's still in that transitional period of, of turning mm-hmm. good or whatever, uh, safer, you know. And I'm like, that's, I think that was irresponsible on her character. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So we cut to George, who is about to have some sexy time, at least he thinks. And actually, here's where I have written down that he's got his reference about his mother. Yeah. The ugly mother. We jumped the gun on the on that one let's, last time. Let's call a spade a spade. I jumped the gun on that one. It was right here. <laughs> but to make it up, can I just point out his his weird hairless nipples? Like he's got hair all over his body. <laughs> And well, we his, see this multiple times, and you're so right. Like, not not multiple times here, but like throughout Seinfeld, and his body hair is interesting. <laughs> it's like two, it's like two pink eyeballs looking at you. Is just my God, George. And hey, you know what, Jason Alexander, props to you for taking you know your shirt off. And and as far as Jason Alexander goes, he's in a better shape than he is later in this episode. So he doesn't look you know yeah. too too terrible. But those. Those nipples are weird, man. They're weird. Yeah, I'm not saying my nipples are are any better. I don't have a particularly hairy chest, but I do definitely have hair around the nipples. Like that is that is a specific hairy portion of my not super hairy chest see i am the complete antithesis of george i have no hair on my back Uh or my chest and yet my arm and my legs are super hairy but my nipples my nipples have hair around them now it's not like a forest (laughs) but like you know i got some like normal man hair and i like them i'm like yeah i got some hair on my chest i mean literally bro i have like three hairs on my chest and i'm 41 years old (laughs) i'm not i'm not too different either yeah Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty minimal down there (laughs) If you guys could see our Skype call, we're both like looking down our own shirts right now. (laughs) Um, But so he's handcuffed and the lady ends up getting fully dressed. And here's where we find out she pulls and steals his eight dollars, eight dollars. She was working on him. She thought he was worth much more money, obviously, because he was pretending he was into the stock exchange and shit like that. Um, So she also steals his clothes, uh, which is funny. She's like, fuck this. I'm taking your, you know, everything that I can. And then the scene ends with George being, oh, my God, so stupid. <laughs> and he says, will I see you again? <laughs> Just like, oh, George, how how stupid can you be, man? I, I know. that I, I kind of like that one. That one was kind of funny. Um, it, so she's a grifter, right? Like, she's not a yeah. prostitute. She's a grifter. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. She's not a prostitute because then it, she could have just had sex with him. Right. I don't know if I said prostitute. No, she's, I mean, she's a thief. 100%. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's, and when I was younger, I, I kind of didn't understand that, but yeah, now I'm like, okay, she's, it, she's more of a con artist than, than anything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. So, all right. Um, Kramer, uh, at the track, you know, he's betting on the horse and here we get fantastic more of that Michael Richards, great physical humor. You know, his horse is way back and he's just, you know, struggling with it and he's flipping out and then it starts going and he starts pretending to be a jockey. It's a great visual scene that I've always appreciated. Um, and, and one that, up, one that pops up in clip shows. I might, I might add. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, and when he gets his money, he gets a, you know, he won, he got a whole boatload of money and we do see that this kind of creepy guy follows him out on, out to the, out, to the subway oh oh you Uh, mean you mean christopher collins the voice of cobra commander and starscream i are you sure 
I did extensive research uh, on this one, and because my mind was fucking blown. But uh, he, he's he's passed away, and uh, he started uh-huh. out as a stand-up comedian, which that makes sense why he would be on the show. Uh, look up Christopher yeah. Collins, Seinfeld, um, and because he's listed as Thug on IMDb with no picture. He doesn't have any picture, um, but he's listed as Thug on IMDb. So I was like, okay, is this him? Because there's no really other Thug in the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to IMDb, and then he had to Google his picture and everything. Yeah. And yeah, dude, like the fucking voice of Cobra Commander in Starscream. Like, what yeah. the hell is the chances right. of that? You're I was right. Like, from, I was from... not. I was not expecting that at all. Like coming off the fact that the the fat naked yeah. guy is the voice of Puma. I'm like, okay, that was weird. And then I, I IMDb this guy, and I'm like, what the fuck? Are you serious? Wow. Uh, I've even. I, we even did a, an episode on Blast from Our Past about G.I. Joe, and I didn't even pick up on that and notice his voice or anything like that. Wow. And we did a, we did an episode about with about uh, the real Ghostbusters, and he did a couple a couple voices on that. Not 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 really reoccurring. But, I but, mean, Starscream in, in Cobra Commander is, like, his major things. Yeah. Well, he voiced Mr. Burns a couple times, too. Dude, holy crap! I know that like, guy's awesome. I know, and, and it's like it's like why awesome. is why is he this guy in this episode? There's like no yeah. pomp and circumstance to it whatsoever. It's just like, hey, I, I got an idea. Why don't we go grab the guy who uh, who played Cobra Commander and GI Joe? Yeah, and, and and you know he doesn't really even talk in this. Um, but yeah, I, I gotta assume a lot of these extra characters and if you noticed in um the stranded episode the uh the gentleman that's talking about the 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 the, the, pe- the peanuts right you like that scene mm-hmm. that guy's a stand-up comic too if you look on um his imdb i think a lot i think larry and and jerry just probably hire their friends for these like stand-in yeah. roles you know or for these oh, yeah, side yeah. roles you know but um yeah that was my biggest mind blower for this entire episode so. yeah that's a good one that is a good one. I I wanted to text you immediately, and I was like, no, <laughs> I'm going to save this for the air. No, that was good. That was good. You definitely, I'm glad you saved it for the podcast. Uh, that is solid. Uh, all right. We do see that uh, Jerry goes with the nudist to Coney Island. They kind of, you know, they have a little getting off the train scene together, and, you know, they're all happy. They're going to spend a fantastic day together <laughs> get, get, going to Coney Island. He made a, he made a friend. That's awesome. I love it. I, 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 I yeah. love it, dude. I thought it was great. <laughs> yep. Um, and there's a little kind of chase scene with uh, Cobra Commander and Kramer <laughs> as he's about to get mugged. Um, but the homeless guy who we saw at the very beginning on the very first train that they got on uh, is apparently an undercover cop. And, uh, you know, he stops him and we get a little audience cheer. And I hate that audience cheer, man. I, I, I fucking too, hated it. Because it's not on time. They do the audience yeah. cheer when the camera pulls back to reveal both, meaning the audience should have cheered right away, right? Like if this was organic, yeah. it felt forced. I hated that audience cheer because it wasn't until yeah. the camera like pulled back a little bit that they got it. So they had to been watching the camera, not watching the, the actors do their thing to begin with. But I don't think there was an audience right there anyways, because this whole set was on, uh, it was yeah. in a train. So I'm assuming that laugh track was added in afterwards. Does that mean that the audience, yeah, but- if you add in a laugh track in afterwards, does that mean the audience watches the show and then laughs accordingly? Or do you just take canned um, laughter? So yeah, you can take it. It depends. I don't know. Cause I've, I mean, I haven't edited anything with a laugh track, but they it through, I've got multiple um, sound libraries and there are, 
canned audio sa- or canned laughter sounds that you can absolutely do that. But I, I'm fairly certain there are absolutely times where people show it the edit and that's where people laugh because there there seems to be specific laughs that tie into you know certain episodes or, or certain shows or whatever. But uh, yeah, I don't know what they did here, but whatever it is, and if it's that timing thing, just in general, I've never cared for that laugh. It always bothered me, uh, and so I just. I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't like it either. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, it's. I find it amazing that you picked up on that one as well. I thought it was me. I yeah. wasn't even gonna mention it, and then you said it. I was like, yes. No. Yep. Uh, all right. So at monks, Jerry tells them about his time. You know, at the Coney Island. Uh, George walks in with a bedsheet, uh, and we get. I can't stand this little guy. There was a little delivery guy who says, "Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna." Again, another thing I never cared for. I'm like, who the fuck are you? We've never seen you before. I don't care who you are. You just came out of fucking nowhere. That should have been Jerry saying that, uh, not this guy. And you know uh, why? And, and, you know uh, why they gave it to him? Because he's look him. He's in IMDb. He's another stand-up another comic. comedian. He's another yeah. stand-up comic. I, I, and again, and here's I almost yeah. feel like because yeah, that was so forced. That that little thing was so yes. forced that I almost feel like. You know, and this obviously this was in the day they they did this before IMDb was was created, but I almost feel like they gave him this role just to kind of help the guy out and get him a credit, mm-hmm. so he can maybe get maybe you know what maybe this got him his SAG card, right? Like this this uh, yeah, these lines maybe. got him his SAG card, but it felt forced, just like that uh, that applause with the cop earlier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It definitely forced. So, uh, all right, and at the end of this little episode, we see that Kramer pays because he's got a whole bunch of money he actually pays for the meal which is a good little juxtaposition or goes you know from what at the very beginning of this episode which we didn't talk about uh that jerry paid for everybody and kramer was expecting it and jerry's like why do i always pay um but now this time because kramer's got a little bit of money he's willing to pay so that's kind of good writing i like that they kind of you know tied that all back in and it's not a little bit of money he had a stack of cash on him that was a lot of money which you kind of get a sense of like well it it gives you a sense of how kramer survives without having a job and everything he's well he put uh how much money he put like was it six hundred dollars on that yeah it was something it was pretty yeah it was was in the hundreds he put whatever he was going to put towards the the tickets yeah and i want to say i remember him say because he says out i think he says 600 on whatever and so i think it was that and that horse we hear from earlier is going to pay out 30 to 1 that's what or at least that's what that guy said oh it's going to probably go for 30 to 1 and so that means he made a fuck ton of money yeah please do that math because i can't do it in my head and i don't eighteen thousand. i I was gonna say i don't even know i don't even know what what 30 to 1 even means does that mean that it's 600 (laughs) times 30 is that what it is for every for every dollar you put in towards that bet you will get 30 back if you win it okay uh so 600 times 30 600 times 30 uh which is eighteen thousand. Wow, so. that's I mean, dude, that that's that is that probably kept him going for the entire yeah. year. No wonder yeah. he got so excited. And yeah, guys, I'm not yeah, a gambler. He doesn't pay any money on food or anything else. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because <laughs> he, he lives off of Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So. But yeah, dude, I I I'm not a gambler. I don't go to Vegas. I don't even know what odds like how to do odds. And the do yeah. you you're a Parks and Rec fan, right? You watch Parks and Rec. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. There Absolutely. was a, there was a line that Andy said at one point later in the years where he was like he was like I don't know who this person is and now I it's too far along I can't ask anymore and like 
Yeah. For me, I'm like I'm I'm 41 years old. I'm it's too old for me to ask like how how you do odds and and what is mm-hmm. over under mean. I don't know what any of that means. And, and to, <laughs> even more so, I don't know if like a flush beats a royal a full house. I, and so, <laughs> yeah. but again. I'm too old to ask, so I just kind of quietly nod and just and I laugh when when people <laughs> okay. laugh and I go, oh, yes, yes, oh, oh, you won, oh, I, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Well, uh, we had no um, middle stand up no. for this episode, which I don't know if was this the first time we didn't have a middle stand up. I'm it's, not sure. I, it felt like it was. We've had one before where the middle stand up came super late. We had one before the middle stand up yeah. came super early, and we kind of tracked both of those. But yeah, I think this is the first time we've had a a middle uh, no middle stand up, and yeah. the ending stand up. Okay, let's just. I do not understand at all. So Jerry's talking mm-hmm. about. He's like, I was going to, uh, you know. Um, I'm going to Coney Island and, you know, I'm taking the D train and it's going to take an hour and 15 minutes to get there. But it's like I'm I'm on the D train for an hour and 15 minutes to go on a scary ride. How dumb is that? And he's like, you know, the first thing, uh, you know, that first drop on the cyclone fell asleep. And then that was it. And I was like, so what's wait, what was the takeaway? Is is it because the D train is scary? Like, is the D yeah, train scarier than the first drop on Coney, on the cyclone? But then. But then he's like, he's like, I fell asleep on the cyclone, but then he fell asleep on the D train <laughs> here. So it's none of it made sense. I, I didn't. Yeah. I was like, and then it just ends abruptly. Like, I was like, OK, what was the point of that at all? Yeah, it, honestly, it would have been better if it just ended without the stand up. Yeah, time. that was that so. was a whack ass stand up, dude. <laughs> it was whack. That wow, was good whack. job. Wait, well, welcome to 1993, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> How appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's do our final little discussion. How about you go first? Mr. Yes. Man. Yes. I had a blast talking about this episode with you. I loved digging into it. Um, I loved all the, the, the different characters and the different people. I did not love this episode at all. Um, it's hmm. one of my least favorite ones. I think I do think it's strong, but for me personally, I don't like that the gang is not together at all. Um, I that's one of the things you know me. I don't enjoy that, and they're it's it's like they're all in the subways. It, it just didn't appeal to me. I mm-hmm. had much more time, uh, much more fun time just talking about it with you and kind of analyzing the the guest yep. people. And and if it wasn't for all of that funness, I think it would I would have you know, disliked it more, but as per usual, you know, you've, you've bumped, bumped my enjoyment factor of this episode up, but it's not one of my favorite ones, dude. Mm -hmm. I, I really don't care much for it. When, when I was in it, when I was watching it and I was in it, it, I feel like it had a more of a, it has a slow start and then it ends strong and it's fun sort of how it ends. But while I'm in it, I was like, eh, I'm not just loving it, but I love talking about this episode. This was a fun one to discuss mm-hmm. and sort of break down and analyze. Cool. All right. Uh, I honestly thought this was a very good episode, and I actually originally ranked this higher than the last episode. I was going to, you know, I ended up bumping up the other one just from our discussion because I had such a good time discussing that last one. This one I'm going to keep at its nice, you know, rating that I've got here. Um, but I like 
that you know the i mean i don't always want the four the four main characters to not be together but i like that we get all of their storylines you know separately they're not interacting but we still see every little bit of them and we still kind of are you know learning more about them and, and just kind of seeing them as individuals, which is fantastic. Um, I like the editing. I like the pacing, the back and forth. I think we actually worked really well. Uh, it's a different style for a lot of Seinfeld stuff, but they're they're willing to do a lot of different styles. You know, we get a backwards episode later. Yeah. You know, we get different stuff. And, and, and so I, I do appreciate the fact that they're that they're doing different things, right? Like, I do appreciate mm-hmm. the fact that this episode, you know, doesn't take place in the apartment, you know, and it's, it's, yeah. you know, and, and I appreciate the fact that, you know, as a, as a, you know, producer and everything, getting this train was not apparently easy to do, kind of like the, mm-hmm. uh, the garage episode where they had to do behind the scenes stuff. They had to do a lot of behind the scenes stuff to like sort of make this episode happen. And I, I appreciate yeah. that. I really, really do. And I do think it, it, it does have actually strong writing. Just for me, I'm just a little off put yeah, in this one. Fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's my time to talk. <laughs> um, <and laughs> so I like. I also liked how everything was kind of e- interweaved within like the life of of the subway. You know, just like this is how the subway is, and interacting with the weirdos on the subway. Um, Elaine's ranting was fucking perfect. Uh, the flirty thief. thief uh, you know, whole scene with George was classic, and Jerry or Kramer was good stuff, absolutely all the way through and through. Uh, and Jerry, Jerry stuff was was just kind of a fun little different thing as well. Um, so yeah, very very good episode. I say it's one of the strongest of the season, I think, and so I gave it four out of five lesbian weddings. <laughs> I I think most people are with you, right? Like I think this one's actually rated pretty high. I think uh, it's it's much more Maybe. of a classic one. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's definitely fun. It was a fun episode yeah. to talk about for sure. So, oh, and then yeah. just all to right. kind of go back and, and finish out all the, the, you know, the supporting cast, uh, of course that the cop guy, of course, mm-hmm. um, the, the lady that seduces George, they've been in a gazillion TV shows mm-hmm. like Hill Street Blues and St. Elmo's Fire, all kinds of stuff. I just didn't personally recognize them myself, yeah. but they, they were both in a bunch of things. Cool. 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 It is cool, buddy. And you know what else is cool? <laughs> the Blast from Our Past Network or the BFOB yes. Network, as Adam likes to say. I do like to say it, and it is a network that you can hear me on two of our podcasts. You can hear me on Cartwright, which you are currently hearing me on, and then you could also hear me on the Blast from Our Past podcast which i do with my brother talking about all things nostalgia uh pretty much everything pop culture nostalgia you know me and my brother we we wanted to talk about it we've been have we doing it for three years now two years now i don't remember it feels like a long no it's only two years okay i was gonna say i thought it was longer than two years but yeah and you guys have been weekly for like like two years straight that is damn impressive well we we didn't we didn't start off weekly uh we started off bi-weekly and then about a year in we switched to weekly yeah I, I did the math quickly in my head that's why i know we're only just barely over to you we started we started in august of 2017 okay uh and so we were we, we were bi-weekly at first and then about a year later we started weekly and you know we're very much enjoying the weekly side of things so because we're coming up on our 100 episode Ooh. um we're, we're at 91 90 i think i think we released 91 this week of us recording uh, when this episode comes out, it'll we'll probably be have like ninety two or ninety three out. So we're we're getting we're getting there to our own, 
episode 100, which may or may not be uh, a clip show that is inspired on other episode, uh, 100 episode clip shows like like Seinfeld has. <laughs> and it may or may not uh, be driving Adam insane while he pulls clips for uh, said clip Oh my show. God, yeah. It's, it's been, I mean, it's it's... Yeah, it's been kind of fun, though, honestly, go back and listening and trying to pick. But it is time consuming. So I, if I remember a line, I'm just like, all right, that's good. I'm just getting that and going. Otherwise, I can't listen to an hour and a half, yeah. 99 times. You know, I'm just going to waste my life doing that. <laughs> and, and some might argue we're already doing that. So yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, How about I, you, sir, as as someone who's listened to every uh, all 93 of those blasts from our past episodes, <laughs> I got to say, you guys should check it out. It's a lot of fun. Um, and and <laughs> on the flip side to like sort of Adam and John's uh, a podcast where they talk about more like movies like um, Never Ending Story, right? Mm-hmm. My buddy Zach and I talk about movies like Cyborg and Life Force on yeah. Podcasting After Dark. It's uh, it's it's also on the BFOP network. God, now I'm just saying Which, it like it's a normal thing. I it, hate it's you. a normal thing, I baby. Get used to it. <laughs> no. Uh, so you can find the uh, Podcasting After Dark. We are we're still in the biweekly phase, but uh, we're having fun. Some of those episodes are like three hours long, dude. The uh, the Cyborg yeah. one was you long. Guys, you guys put a lot of stuff into each episode, and it is fantastic. Honestly, I've listened to almost all the episodes i'm a little just behind on all my podcasts in general partly because i'm having to re-listen to my own (laughs) so much it's just like my 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 uh, list of ones to listen to is getting too big but yeah like movies that i've never even heard of like i actually really enjoyed y'all's hardware um, review that movie was so freaking weird (laughs) like it it made me wanted to go watch it which i haven't yet Uh, but yeah you guys do some fantastic stuff hardware is a is a personal favorite episode of mine so (laughs) i'm glad you enjoyed that one yeah, but uh you know Zach and I have fun and uh we hope you guys enjoy that and if you get a chance uh on the Blast from Our Past network uh check out our buddies Brent and Eric at the Friday 5 podcast they talk about all kinds of fun niche retro things and new pop culture stuff too it's just a it's a it's a fun podcast uh but really kind of like draws me back to those guys and and whatnot it's just their their chemistry between the two they're a lot of fun to listen to you can tell they've been friends oh, yeah. for a long time and for me like honestly same with uh you know obviously adam and john are not just brothers but you guys are <laughs> friends but it's the chemistry is what i sort of gravitate towards podcasts for i i like podcasts where the hosts have good chemistry so um check those guys out and not on our network but if you're feeling like giving some love if you like comic books mm-hmm. uh me and my buddy tess uh we do a comic book podcast weekly called uh the ongoing comic book discussion podcast and like I said, it's not on the BFOP network, but you can find it on Apple Podcasts and yeah. Spotify, just like all of our other shows, Cartwright and everything. We're all on all the major podcatchers. And if you guys could, you know, give us a follow, give us a review, share us with your friends if you love us. If you don't, then, you know, mm-hmm. stop listening and, and don't leave a review. Yeah. We don't we don't need it. We don't need to hear it if you don't love <laughs> yeah, us. Please don't, please don't give those bad reviews. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you love us, please share us with your friends. And uh, we appreciate all the love. You guys have already shown us it's been absolutely amazing. I can't even believe it. Um, Next week, dude, we are going to be talking about the suicide. And that episode has some weirdness to it. So we're going to – and some possible conspiracy theories. So we're yes. going to try to um, I love do this. some research, <laughs> love this. do a little uh, research on that to get into it. But, uh, yeah, the suicide next week. 
That's a downer. That was a downer note. <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible way to end it. No, let's let's yeah, let's uh oh, we'll we'll see y'all for the suicide. Oh shit, no, that doesn't work either. <laughs> I don't know, that was man. A terrible way to end it. All right, well, have a good week, guys, and watch some Seinfeld. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia.